0: Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com fmlfpl. Welcome to another FMLFL Fireside Chat. This is Alan. I'm joined by another legendary FPL manager known as FPL Salah. How are you, Abdul? I'm good, Alan. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, it's a big, long week. Followed yeah. up by another big, long week next week.
1: Yeah, think, well, a, week, a week tomorrow. Is, uh yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there.
0: Yeah, I saw someone post. I forget who it was. Like a week tomorrow, I get to see Crystal Palace upset Arsenal, and all of Arsenal Twitter like go up in flames. Like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. about right.
1: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah.
0: Um, and so how have you been, like, with you know tinkering and stuff like that? Like, where are you at on mm-hmm. your game week one team? Do you think you're done or not done at all, or you know how much do you do that mm-hmm. stuff?
1: Yeah, I've not actually been doing much tinkering. Thinking at all, like I, I don't usually like you know really seriously kind of start setting the team until the last week. So I'm, a, I'm on my, like, my second draft at the moment. It's by no means like uh, final. Um, you know, I've got a few players in there, Alan. That like we're all going to have like you know Salah, Trent, you know, Reece James, possibly like you know a few lock picks. But yeah. I think the rest of it is pretty much up in the air. Um, I think like really. You know, once like the, the final preseason games are done, and you know we've we've listened to like the press conferences, is when like you know I'll start you know kind of really solidifying it.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you have a ridiculous history of four, <laughs> four top one thousand, four top one k's, six top five k's. It's just like out of control. Do you <laughs> do you find that your style varies much season to season, or do you sort of go into it like at this point, like? pre-game one are you going into it like yeah I'm just going to do my thing like sort of like same routine for the beginning of every season yeah,
1: yeah I mean I, I tend to just kind of go with the template early, early on yeah. Alan I don't really take much risk early on I think you know that kind of side of the game is probably more for like near, near the end of the season um, over the last few years I have kind of really I'd say maybe over the last four seasons um, really kind of adopted a more kind of analytical approach to FPL mm before it was more like kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of I did look at stats, but it was more like kind of gut feelings, eye tests, things like that. Whereas now I'm I'm a lot more kind of looking at uh, you know, XG stats, um, you know, kind of models like fplreview.com and, and things like that. So yeah, so I think um my kind of playing style has, has got a lot more analytical over the last few years. I think it's helped as well because I've um the last four years, um, you know, I've had like, you know, a few top one uh, K is like you know in the early years, but obviously recently I've had you know uh, quite I've had a one K and a and a few top ten Ks, and I think obviously you know with the game getting harder, um, you know with with in terms of like you know more players, more information out there, um, you know I think my, my last few seasons, um, although not the best kind of rank wise overall, have probably been my best seasons. Um, you know if you look at it kind of from an overall point of view
0: yeah from like the percent of players playing exactly, like you yeah. got you finished 709th in the 1819 season yeah, yeah. which you know there were probably like what eight nine million players how many people yeah. were playing the game in 2009 10 when you finished 604th um not not many yeah, you know three actually, million of, two million something like um
1: that? hold on you know i've actually let me just check this because i've actually seen this on a uh, fpl focals twitter maybe, daily maybe day. there
0: was only 604 playing back then it's not even a, not even a good finish you finished dead last exactly. so what, what year was that sorry what
1: year was that uh 2009 10 season.
0: 2009 10 so 2.1 million players wow mm. yeah that's so, I mean, insane man the game's grown five difference. times
1: a huge difference so yeah. like i mean i think that and um you know i, th- I think maybe getting a, um. Like if you compare that to, to this day and age, it's probably like a, a top maybe top ten or top twenty K finish, you know, yeah. the equivalent.
0: Yeah. Wow, it's really crazy to think about. Yeah. So you said that like you you know, I kinda wanna I didn't really know that about you and the analytics and stuff, but I'm I'm interested in that. I've never used FPL review. I I see a lot of people talk about it on Twitter and stuff. So how do you how do you use it? I mean, do you are you the type that like you look at the projected optimized lineup and you kind of just go with it or like how much back and forth do you kind of use the review and then like use a little bit of how you actually feel about a player, you know, what's the balance there?
1: Yeah. So it's more of like a sense check, um, Alan. It's it's not like, you know, you, you, you go into the, you know, tell dot com, and then, you know, you look at the optimized lineup and, you know, pick that exact lineup. Yeah. Um, You know, you got to look at your team structure, how you want to, you know the price points and, and and things like that. So, so yeah, I think it's more of a a sense check. So, like you know, I'll you know I'll, I'll be you know picking my players. So, give me two or three, and you know, I'll have a transfer in mind. Maybe a few transfers in mind, and you go to review dot com, and then you, you know you see from that you know uh, you know according that, which is you know you know the best transfer. Um, I think the the, the main the, the, the kind of main advantage of looking at that for me is like uh you know looking at the expected minutes um, mm-hmm. I think that's really important when we're looking at kind of f p l players so that really gives you a good idea of uh you know um the expected minutes of players and you know and whether it's kind of worth bringing them in um so yes yeah, it's, it's more of like a, like a you know a kind of a safety net i, I mean I, I pretty much use it every week um just to kind of look at how it kind of aligns with my transfers you know sometimes you know a lot of the times last season I made I made actually transfers which um, you know went against the the recommended transfers for the FPL review. And sometimes I went with it, and um, you know. The results kind of work both ways. So, yeah, it's just more of like a, a sense check. Just yeah, kind it's, of,
0: sort of, it's sort of like having a friend who's not biased. <laughs> it's having like yeah. an objective, like the most objective possible friend because, you know, yeah, you know what, that's,
1: that's actually a, a very good way of actually describing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you can example. just
0: you sort of you bounce an idea off of it. It's like, yeah. this is really dumb. <laughs> exactly. You should get this player. And you're just like, huh, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. um,
1: totally non biased. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely considering like taking a look at it basically for that reason not so much mm-hmm. you know building my team from it um talk to me about how to avoid a terrible start in fpl Pernil told me about this that you you repost it from some like forum back in the day or something like that i often have a terrible start mm-hmm. in fpl so i would like to not have a terrible start in fpl so talk to me about that
1: yeah so it's, it's basically like um so i think with this kind of um it was a kind of a blog from Fiso dot com,
0: yeah.
1: And it, it, I mean, there's always caveats in FPL, right? So I mean, when you're kind of, you know, when you're looking at rules, you know, to kind of start the season, you know, to have a good start, you know, you, you talk about things like, um, you know, going for nailed players, you know, going yep. players for players who are proven FPL assets, you not know, avoiding promoted, uh, you know, players from promoted teams, and you know, players who hadn't played for their team last season, new players coming into league, yeah. But um, and then I think if you kind of, you know, mostly follow those rules, you'll be, you know, you'll be fine, you know, having that kind of template pick. But as I said, like, for example, last season we had Ivan Tony. you know, you know, technically he goes against, you know, the rules of, you know, you know, having a good start. But, you know, we knew, we've seen his stats, you know, from the championship and he was like the talisman for his team. He's on penalties. So there's always caveats. But I think generally if you follow those rules, you know, of like, you know, picking the proven assets, you know, not taking any risks. Like when you're looking at your game week one team, what I look at is, you know, how many how many of these players are nailed, how many rotation risks. And I think if you've got more than, say, one or two players who are rotation risks and, you know, like, um, you know, a risk to start or, you know, maybe not in the starting living, then, you know, you you probably don't want any more than that. So really just having a a really kind of, you know, simple, sensible approach. Um, Because I think at the start of the season, Alan, we need to kind of, I think it's it's important not to be left behind and have a bad start because when you have a bad start, what it leads to is like kind of bad decision making. Yeah. Because when you're having a when you're having like a good game, making a good <laughs> season, you generally make a lot of better decisions because you're a lot more patient. You know, you're happy with your team. When it starts going downhill, you know, you start you know panicking, making maybe knee-jerk transfers. You know, making like you know, trying to make up for that bad trying start. To catch bad. up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is more of like I think a a sensible approach, um, which kind of keeps you with the pack and then. You know, once the season goes on, then you can kind of diverge a bit. Yeah.
0: Wow, this is so, this is, I feel like I'm getting coached right now. I'm getting a like free <laughs> 1v1 coaching on how to play up. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's just talk more, I guess, about those like sort of players that you, you build around. So what are you looking for? Game week one, obviously the nailedness and all that stuff you're talking about. But, you know, there's such high ownership right now for a lot of players in the game I think you can basically like sort by ownership and make an 11 and be like yeah this is pretty much what yeah. what the meta is right now is that the way to go or do you ever like swerve these 40-50% ownership guys or is it just too risky for you? Um, See the thing is, is like, as you kind of touched upon earlier as
1: well because there's so much information out there now and a lot more managers are, are, are clued on about you know who the good picks are. Generally, now the players with the high ownership are good players. So like yeah. you know, it's not obviously a good idea just to kind of ignore somebody who's just got their high ownership. A lot of these players who are like, you know, we'll see Jesus, who's, uh, you know, the most uh, highest owned player in the game for a reason. We've got players like Andres Pereira, who's like the third highest owned midfielder in the game. He's a 4.5 million midfielder, yeah. like six, <laughs> seven seasons ago. Nobody would have a clue. Like he would be, you know, one or 2% owned, but you know, now because, you know, Twitter's out there and, you know, we've got yeah. the official FPL account. So yeah, I think generally just kind of, um, I think you probably could, Alan, just, you know, go into FPL, go to like selected buy and, you know, you can pick a good team and it would yeah. be a good team because, you know, because of the kind of the knowledge of the players now. So, but at the same time, I think I still think there's an edge there. I still think we've got, you know, players who are kind of, uh, you know, quite lowly owned. Uh, you know, like players like, for example, Rashford, who's 13% owned. You yeah. Know, he's not, he's not totally like a, a differential, but, um, you know, he's, you know, he's not highly, highly owned. So, you know, if players like him could kind of come to the forefront. He could be a great option at 6.5 million, for example. So, yeah, I still think there's an edge there, but. I think generally, yeah, you you can just go with the high-end players and have a good season.
0: Right. How do you kind of evaluate a player that you want to... Like, what are you looking for in a transfer in versus a transfer out? And what are you looking for for, like, who are you captaining? Is that also sort of, would you say, like, conservative? Like, for captain, like, you usually go with the the flow and who everyone seems to be on and stuff like that? I mean, for
1: captain, I, I really just kind of, you know, play it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, playing it safe, but really just going for the best captain every week. Yeah. You don't really kind of, you know, take much risk on captains. I mean, because you've got players like Salah, you know, Harry Kane, you know, now we've got Haaland, you know, we've got solid, solid captain picks, you know, kind of really deviating from them most weeks is probably going to be, you know, detrimental, you know, unless you know they've got really hard fixtures. So, you know, the captaincy is like huge, like, you know, in the game. I mean, if you hit your captains more often than not, you know, it can... You know, you'll you'll have it'll go a long way for you in having a good season because even if you've got a poor team, Alan, and, and you know you hit your captain's most week, it kind of papers over those cracks. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like you know transfers in's and outs, I think um, you know with the players like Salah, you know, you know the Canes and that, you know, you obviously give them a lot more time than you would you know other players. I think um, you know if you're if you have seeing a player who's um, you know, not performing, you know, p- points wise, but he's putting up good stats. I would generally keep them. I think yeah. that's one thing in, in my game that I've kind of improved on over the years is, you know, keeping players who who maybe aren't getting the FPL points and, and, you know, scoring goals, but, you know, they're putting up the good stats.
0: Like know, XG and shots and exact, stuff like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly.
1: Because, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's not really about FPL points. You know, FPL points isn't the Probably the best indicator for future points. It's you know looking at you know the player stats and you know seeing how uh, you know they yeah. can kind of. I mean, you know, like a good example is like you know kind of Lingard last season, who was you know just went on like a, a mad run, um, you know of, of you know like eight goals with a next year of like three or something. I think and, that, know, that one happened two often. seasons ago
0: now. Sorry, that was yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that this, yeah. Yeah. I mean that one. The Lingard one is almost a harder one for me because I'm like, he can't keep doing this. And yeah, then, you know that's what the stats basically tell me. And then he just does, and everyone else owns him, and he gets you know a hundred points in ten yeah. weeks See, or something.
1: That was that was the annoying thing because I I didn't get him, so I kind of held off. I thought there's no way he's going to keep this up. Yeah, but then he got to a point where he did kind of tail off. But obviously, a lot of managers who who jump on him obviously benefited. But I think. You know, he is like a one example. Like you've, you've got Lingard there who, um, you know, is one player who has kind of outperformed his XG over, you know, a fairly kind of, you know, um, not long term, but, you know, a, a good period. Yeah. Then you'll, then you'll have like 20, 30 players who, you know, who didn't who had like two good games and then, you know, kind of tailed off and everybody bought them in. So I think it's more important to kind of focus on the players who didn't do well. Because I think as kind of in the FPL community, or even as kind of humans, we tend to kind of focus on the one-offs. And then, you know, and, and think, okay, this, this is the norm. Whereas that's true. Uh, yeah. It actually isn't.
0: Yeah. That's sort of a bias thing, too, right? It's like, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, me and Walsh definitely do that on the podcast. We're like, oh, like we got screwed by Gundo this season or something like that. <laughs> but, but there's like 10 other guys that everyone brought in and were terrible picks. And then they you, have to right transfer quick. out. Yeah. And they like hit them in or whatever. Yeah. That, that's a good point. It should almost be like, let's average all of the guys. That people, yes. all of the bandwagons average all of their points together and see, like, you know, it probably wouldn't be that good overall. Exactly. That's, a, that, that's a good way to look at it. Um, I meant to ask you, you brought up Mo, so I just, it just reminded me, what, what is your name? Like, why is FBL Salah? are just <laughs> like, are you Liverpool supporters? you your favorite player? Like, what's going on there?
1: No, I'm, I'm actually not a Liverpool fan. Uh, you'd, okay. you'd be surprised to hear that much. Yeah, I am. A Manchester United fan. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, get, I get this all the time and I get yeah. people like you know just kind of uh, you know assuming I'm a Liverpool fan and I don't, I don't blame them but you know the Salah I kind of I've got in my display picture now is him with the Egypt top on so yeah. I just really like him as a, as a player and um, I think when you kind of first came into the league you know he was what I really liked was that you know it's, it's, it's a kind of a more of a personal thing of why I've I've got him as my, as, as my kind of um, like you know, my, my FPL name and yeah, and that. it's more like when he came into the league, he was he was performing well, and you know he was because he's he's a Muslim that like, he shares the same faith as me. You know, he was given like a really good account of you know himself as a person. You know, he, he, he used to like you know kind of bow down to, to God. You know, he, he does the kind of yeah. you know the, yeah, the celebration where yeah. really, he bows down, and I, I feel he was bringing like, a, a really positive light and sh- you know like a shedding a positive light on my religion. Totally. And, yeah. and I feel that's important to me because obviously, me being a Muslim, you know, Islam has kind of, you know, had a bad rep over the last few years, you know, kind of since 9 11 and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. it was just like a personal thing to me. I really liked, how, you know, how he was conducting himself and how he kind of came onto the scene and and everybody was loving him. And, you know, it's, it's you know, for me personally, I think it's good to have, you know, kind Of a Muslim player up there, we don't have many kind of you know, Muslim superstars, yeah. A
0: representation world. of sort of exactly the, the community, exactly. yeah. I mean, that I'm surprised you didn't switch over to Liverpool with Mo and Monet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, we're, you know, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still like kind of 100% uh, you know, yeah, against Liverpool. I mean, I'm yeah. a United <laughs> fan, so yeah, just don't worry yeah. about that, but yeah,
0: that's funny, yeah, that's that's good stuff, it's definitely meaningful. Um. <laughs> Should we maybe get into some players? I mean, we're kind of just, you know, off the cuffing this, but um I was curious, you mentioned Reese James, like when you were mentioning sort of the like these are the best players in the game kind of thing. you know, yeah. you were know, kinda of like Reese James and I just wanna hear more because you know, I was on above average FPL yesterday and I was kinda of saying on there, like I know that I'm biased against Reese James, yeah. but but simultaneously I like don't know. That just means like I don't know how good he is, or I don't know if it's I'm being really dumb by not owning him, or something like that. Where are you on Reece James and, and sort of you know Chelsea? You know, not the best clean sheet fixtures, not looking the best in preseason. Some changeover in the team. Like, what are you thinking there?
1: Yeah, I mean. To, to be honest, but before like in, in my first draft, I actually had a triple Chelsea defence. I had wow. uh, yeah, I had uh, Mendy, Chilwell and James and kind of as the preseason has gone on and as, you know, uh hearing Tuchel's quotes the other day about yeah. the players not kind of, you know, being in rhythm and, you know, look um thinking about going to other clubs and things like that. So yeah, I was a bit worrying. So now Reese James is my only Chelsea player. So I just think you know, yeah, you're right. They haven't got the best fixtures for you know clean sheets, but when when Reece James is fit, he is one of the best FPL assets So yep. If you look at you know his attacking stats, that's if he's obviously playing as a wing back. I think one thing we need to monitor going into the season as well is whether Chelsea set up with a a four at the back or a, 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 a you know five at the back with, a, yeah. with with Reece James as a wing back, because I think last season he played quite a few games at right centre back, and he wasn't he wasn't nowhere near as attacking. So, although he's not, you know, locked in my team, he is one of the players who I'm very likely to kind of go in with. I just think his, you know, I mean, his attacking stats are so good. I think it kind of, yes. um, you know, supersedes the fact that, you know, they might not keep, uh, you know, that many clean sheets. Um, uh, you know, I, I still think Chelsea will be okay though. I think, you know, they've, they've signed Koulibaly. Um, yeah, they lost. They've lost Christensen and Rudiger. I still think they'll make quite a few. You know, maybe one or two more signings before the um, transfer window ends. The thing with Chelsea is, I've noticed over the years is they always kind of get it done in the transfer market. You know, they don't yeah. mess about. They get the players that they want. Um, so I think Chelsea will be, be okay. But I think Reece James, um, you know, for me, is a good pick. I know, kind of last season, I actually missed most of his hauls So. I kind of should be biased against him, but
0: I know. Yeah, um, Walsh
1: is the same. The, the, yeah, but I mean, the, I've I totally, like, you know, I think I've got maybe one haul out of him and the rest from like one one or zero pointers. But yeah, I just think obviously you need to kind of take that bias out of your head and just yeah. kind of think of him as, as an FPL asset.
0: Yeah, I was kind of saying was, to uh, to Adam and Baker that, like, when I look at the first, just the first four as an example for Chelsea, I think they're. Pretty difficult in terms of clean sheets, but then also I think two out of the four, we're going to see Reese at center back because I think that what Tuchel likes to do is put Reese there when there's like a really dangerous, speedy attacker on that side sort of and so when I look at Game Week Two, Home Spurs, I'm like, okay, well Sun ticks all of those boxes. Like they yeah. they don't want Sun running at, you know, the old guys. And then Leicester in Game Week Four, I mean it's it's not as good as Sun, but it's like Vardy and Barnes or something like that. Yeah. It seems dangerous to me too. So I ha I think I have a little bit of that. But again, like I said, like I know that I'm biased. So I can't tell if I'm just talking myself out of it <laughs> for you know like want like wanting to not own him. So I'm making up reasons than not own him or what but yeah yeah, i I need to think about it more
1: yeah and the thing was with with that with with the with the defenders or because we've got so many kind of good value yeah fullbacks um he isn't you know so many yeah there's so many so i I guess you know if you know the the replacements are there for him if you if you you don't want to you know if you don't fancy him he's not like um you know there's. You know that kind of you know that position in, in defense is like you know kind of scarce this season. It's like yeah. you know the best position we've got. Many people are going to go four or five at the back. Yeah. So yeah, I guess he's not totally essential, but yeah, I just think and I, I think Chelsea will probably. You know, last season they were you know if you look at the stats they were the third best defense in the league. Yeah. Um, I think they probably will be again this season. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I rate two call. I mean, they're definitely mm-hmm. going to be good. I think everyone's yeah, I think kind we'll of overreacting. That. Yeah. And then and there's also Chilwell, who I think that like, you know, it's funny that Reese is forty one percent owned and Chilwell's eight percent owned, and I'm like, you know, Chilwell could just be better and no he one would really did. be surprised, but you know, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean
1: Chilwell's a great option, but you know what, the, the thing that's kinda of put me off him, like, you know, he was in my initial draft, but I just think he's been out for almost a year. Yeah. Um you Long know, time. he has he has been playing pre season, but yeah, we just don't know like, you know, where he's gonna be or, you know, maybe if how Tuchel is going to kind of, you know, he might want to bed him in or something like that. I just think at the moment Rhys James is more secure. But I think when both are fit, you know, it's a really hard choice. Uh, that's yeah, why I had yeah. both of them at the start. I just think they're both kind of equally as good. Um, Chilwell does seem to play more attacking. Uh, you know, if you've seen like the first few games.
0: That's what um, I was going to say is like the thing mm-hmm. that Chilwell has that Reese doesn't have is like Chilwell's not playing center back. He basically just plays left wing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And,
1: and honestly, at, time, at times last season, you know, when, when he was obviously before he got injured, it honestly seemed like he was playing like, you know, as an attacking midfielder. Or, yeah. Or, or he was always in the box. He was always like there in this the set of pieces. You know, it just seemed like he was about, you know, he could have, it seemed like he could get a, a goal every single game, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His touches in the box and that stretch yeah. were like striker numbers. Like he had a yeah. seven in there. He had a 10 in there. He was scoring yeah, goals was, every was, week. So I'm, I'm definitely like a little bit. Not really sure why the why the market is so heavy on Reese and not on Chilwell, but I guess it is like sort of the injury thing. But like you said at the beginning, I mean, we'll see what happens. Final preseason game, like Chilwell could yeah. just score a goal and exactly. you know play sixty, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, yeah. Chilwell!" You know.
1: Yeah, and, and I, th- I think the the kind of disparity in their percentage ownership is just really really just kind of do with recency bias. I think because yeah. James was fit. And and Chilwell wasn't. People kind of just, you know, f- maybe forgot how good he was and probably just be looking at the the FPL points and, you know, kind of picking from that. But yeah, he, he's he's a lot better than the kind of ownership percentage, percentage yeah. uh, suggests at the moment.
0: Yeah, That's where like, are you <laughs> at on Keeper right now? I think, I think like, I'm on Ederson. I think a lot of people are just for sort of like yeah. the ideas, like get all the points, then wildcard to someone else. But are you there? Or are you going 4-5 or what are you thinking um, there?
1: At the moment, I'm on Sanchez and Steele, okay. but Ederson may well make it into my my yeah. team. I think you know he's he's a definitely a viable pick. And there's been a lot. Of, I've seen a, a few people kind of out- countering the argument of, of Edison, saying that you know he's never finished as a top-scoring goalkeeper. You know he doesn't. He's got a really really low ceiling, yeah. which is true. But as you just said, we're only kind of looking, really looking at the first eight game weeks, That's and really who, who are we? Who's more kind of guaranteed of a clean sheet? You know than, than Man City. You know they've got by far the best defense in the league. Uh, you know if you look at the you know expected goals conceded and yep. how many goals they actually conceded. So yeah, Ederson's a great pick. To be honest, I'm on Sanchez at the moment, but um, you know I think I probably will end up with
0: Ederson. We we all go to Sanchez at some point. Like, we yeah. all flirt with it. Like, yeah. Sanchez-Steel, I just feel like 10 years from now, we're going to still be like, ah, Sanchez-Steel, <laughs> yeah. not bad, not bad. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I so mean, much- I, I also think Ramsdale's a pick, but, you know. Yeah I've, no seen few really deal, yeah, I've seen a few actually. I've seen a few though. I think, um,
1: yeah, I mean Arsenal's fixture start the season. You know, you can't get much better. And you know, this season as well, we kind of we can probably afford to be a bit more aggressive with with our kind of team selections. Yeah, um, just with the kind of early wild card. I know I'm kind of planning on wild carding in game week eight, uh, after the national break. But if I if I need to wild card, maybe in, you know game week five or six. It's really no big deal you know, with the World Cup coming up and, you know, and yeah. uh, limit transfers we're getting. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a different season uh, this year, totally. <laughs> it's
0: exciting though. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually looking
1: forward to it um kind of cuz it's going to be totally different i think obviously with the previous seasons we all kind of follow the same kind of chip strategies and yeah. use you know, well card and yeah this is going to be different and i think um you know i think it's going to be advantageous to to kind of us guys in terms of like the hardcore managers yeah um i think this is going to be you know definitely like more in our favor um with with the planning and stuff you know that that we kind of put in um you know compared to the kind of casual monitors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope you're right, man. I haven't had a good finish in a long time. So <laughs> maybe this is my year. Maybe this is my year.
1: Yeah, no, it could definitely be.
0: Um, so you mentioned Rashford. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like, you... You kinda of said that you're you tend to be more like conservative, like a little bit more template, especially yeah. with the Game week One team. But there's a bunch of like really interesting midfielders especially in that sort of like mm-hmm. five to seven range that is always that is like always the bait, right? Like every FPL season I'm like, I want all of the six fives and then like they all are terrible. But you know, so Rashford's in there, it's the lowest price he's ever been and you know, I yeah. think he's getting a lot of like Steam in the in the game as he should, and then there's also you know Neto is still twenty percent owned, Kimarai yeah, um, exactly. is sixteen percent owned, Martinelli is fifteen percent owned. Like, who do you like there and all these guys? Well,
1: um, I, I, I'll start with Neto because I think he is. Actually, I think he's a really good pick. Um, I know Wolves don't really score many goals, but uh, you know if you're looking at that five point five range, he's he's an enabler. You know, he's, he's going to be kind of, he's the most attacking kind of, uh, you know, player for, for, uh, for rules. Wills. I think he got like, you know, five goals and six assists in the season before last, before he was injured. So I think he can do a great job at 5.5. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of kind of counter arguments, you know, saying that Wills don't score many goals. But, but really, um, you know, who is there better than that price point at 5.5? Right. Uh, you know, when we're like Salah, Trent, kind of Robbo and Haaland in our teams, we need that price point there so I think he's a great option at 5.5 Rashford is one actually really the one that kind of really interests me at the moment Alan I think you know he's he's getting plenty of pre-season minutes yeah. under a new manager uh, he, he's, he's there fitness wise yeah he's scoring mm-hmm. I think he's got two goals and an assist or something something at the moment. like that yeah yeah um, yeah, but I think more importantly for me looking at pre is looking at the player's fitness and you know how you know and you know how many minutes they're playing because that kind of gives you an indication of you know whether the manager is is gonna you know has has them in their plans you know for game one and onwards. And if you look at it, is like the last season was obviously you know a bit of a disaster for him, but before that he scored uh, in twenty twenty one eleven goals, eleven assists, uh, seventeen goals and eight assists in nineteen twenty. You know ten goals and seven assists in eighteen nineteen. So. If he can kind of you know get close to anywhere of, of those numbers, you know, at six point five, he could be like a a game breaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, there is still a bit a lot of uncertainty around him, Alan, but um, but I think I think he's a he's a risky option, but he's a he's quite a, a risk free risky option if you if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, sort of like <clears throat> like he's sort of worth it. Also, right? If you build your squad the safe way. Then it's okay to like have the one guy who with the really high ceiling, and if it doesn't work out, that's your one transfer, sort of.
1: Yeah, and I think we've we've got kind of midfielders at six and five point five that we can look at, kind of move down to if if need be. You know, if he doesn't work out. So yeah, as I said, he's he's um, he's he's fairly risk free for a risky option.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this just your Man United supporter coming out, or you know, how <laughs> well, do you no, I'm, how I'm actually, do you deal with that? <laughs>
1: To be honest, um, I'm actually quite, when it comes to FPL, I'm actually really kind of, uh, you know, unbiased, you know, towards, I mean, if anything, I'm actually kind of more biased towards not getting my United players, um, if anything, but yeah, when it comes to FPL, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, I think that's one thing, uh, gladly, that um, I think it is a kind of, you know, a plus point for me is I don't really kind of get too hooked on my, my own team's players and, you know, get too but too carried away. So yeah, yeah I generally think he um uh, at his price point and where he's at uh season wise, you know, could be a really, really good option.
0: Yeah. I wanted to talk about Man City also. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. Were you saying something?
1: Oh no, no go ahead I, I, was, oh. I was just gonna say he's like obviously I'm saying those things but he's he's obviously like not but he's by no means nailed to my team at the moment. Right, but right. I just right. really kind of he could well, be, could well yeah.
0: be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention Man City. I mean Holland's at fifty eight percent ownership. Um, De Bruyne, who I think we could both agree is much safer, like arguably just a straight up better pick. Um it's only at sixteen percent ownership. You know, everyone has Kinsella, we don't really need to talk about Kinsella, but then you know, none of their mids are really owned at all. You know, Maras is at six percent, Grealish is at five yeah. percent, Foden hasn't been playing in preseason, like it'll probably be that front three. You know in the community shield like where are you at on like who almost asking you like who's your third Cindy spot but then also like how do you deal with something like Holland versus Kev if you actually prefer Kev but Holland is so highly owned mm.
1: yeah see there, there's that and I just think with um, with FPL because they've made De Bruyne like 0.5 more expensive I think they've they've pretty much made that decision for us Um, you know, with, with Haaland, I mean, with, with Haaland, usually when you look at a new player coming into the league, Alan, it's like, you know, you'd be a bit skeptical, but, you know, he seems like a kind of, you know, once in a generation talent if you look at his, you know, his, you know, his scoring record for his club and his country. So I think, you know, it's very, very hard not to see him kind of, Doing well at City, I think because they have priced him you know, point five cheaper than De Bruyne. For me, that kind of takes De Bruyne out of the occasion, mm. equation to start the season anyway. And uh, also, you know, with, with Son being at twelve million as well, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather have you know Son than KDB, uh, you know, personally, uh, you know, because he's is, he's is a guy with the higher goal threat, and you know, yeah. goals give us more points. So, so yeah, and just in terms of other the, the, the City midfielders, I mean, I just think you know, Marez is he's never nailed in the team, no matter how well he plays. Yeah. Uh, you know, for some reason Pep just kind of likes to to rotate with him. So, you know, I'm not gonna fall for that Marez <laughs> trap. Um <laughs> I know, I know. G- Grealish, um, you know, we were talking about kind of under the radar picks. I think Grealish <laughs> is definitely um an under the radar pick. Yeah. Um, you know low owned. And I think he could again, you know, just kind of similar to Rashford, you know, he could have an um Amazing season, seven million, um, you know, and in that city team, he could be putting up, you know, huge numbers. You know, we've yeah. seen what he's capable of, you know, from the kind of the goals and assists you got at Villa. So, you know, it could be second season
0: now. He's kind of bedded
1: into the team. You know, he could could be a monster this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those preseason y type of things, right? Just seeing him assist Holland in a game. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I could see that happening, you know, 20 more times this season.
1: Totally. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, if you've seen that goal as well, Alan, it was like the, you know, it was a total poacher's goal. And you can just totally see, like, you know, Holland scoring, you know, 10, 11 of those goals a season, where it's just Absolutely. like, you know, crossing the box
0: and, a, and then tapping from close range. Yep. And there was that, I don't know if you saw, there was like a video afterwards of them in the tunnel. Yeah. I've seen and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jack's just like, you know, early or whatever. And he's like, that's what I'm here for. And I was just like, "Jeez, yeah, yeah. they're going to be yeah, exactly. so lethal. Yeah. 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 No, and then maybe also just touch on Liverpool. I think everyone. Broadly is on Mo and Trent, and I think they should be. But you know that third spot is is mm. up for debate. There's Diaz, there's Robo, there's VVD, there's Allison. Yeah. Do you have like a gut feel on that yet?
1: Well, at the moment, I've I've got Robo as my third Liverpool, but um, like, but Jota is injured, right? So for me, yeah. that kind of really, really kind of puts Diaz um, probably like a level pegging with Robo now. Um, I think I've seen a tweet today saying that. You know, Klopp was saying that Jota isn't um, you know entirely ready for the start of the season, which yeah, tells me be. that yeah, yeah, he won't be. So that really, really kind of increases Diaz's expected minutes. I think the only reason I went for Robo with Diaz was because you know Jota was there. They've got Nunes, they've got Firmino in, yep. in those positions, so he's going to get rotated. But I think now with Jota, he's going to see a hell of a lot more minutes. Uh, you know, until you know he's injured. And, you know, because we've got, you know, such good fullbacks, you know, I think Robo can be sacrificed. You know, you can have, you know, you can bring him down to, you know, like a another, you know, maybe six six million midfielder, you know, or whoever. But, you know, and bring Diaz in. I think Diaz has got a lot of upside. So at the moment, I've got Robo, but, you know, Diaz is kind of edging a lot, you know, closer and closer to my team by the day.
0: Yeah, cool. And just for me, sorry, I think...
1: Yeah, so I just think when you're looking at a Triple Liverpool, um, I think obviously Salah and Trent, I think the only other option is really are, are Robo and Dia as a as a third Liverpool pick. I don't really see okay. um, you know, much value in, in um in anybody else, really.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean we Walsh and I were kind of looking at VVD and like he basically scores the same points as Robo most seasons and he's point five cheaper. It's just one of those things where I think just it's more fun to have Rabo, like it's more fun to have the the fullback who's like in the final third getting assists than it is to just have VVD, who's just like steady, starts every game, gets the occasional like corner yeah. goal or assist, but the points aren't that different when you really look at it. So I don't know, something. To I think see, about. Yeah, I know. I
1: see what you're saying because I think with Van well, with Van Dyke, he gets the majority of minutes. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it's probably a psychological thing as well. Uh, with with that, with the Rob and uh, Van Dyke pick.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, let's just you know, while we're kind of running through the top six, let's just let's just run through all those teams, maybe, and then maybe we could wrap it up or something. But so Spurs, I mean, I feel like they're one of the toughest problems that we're sort of facing in game week one because everyone knows they're good. We don't really know how good, but we think. They're really good. You know, like we saw the flashes of like, this could be the easily third best team in the league or, you know, they're at least in and around top four. But, you know, their players are really expensive. Most people are going for Mo Holland, which means they're probably not going for Son or Kane. How do you sort of like Mm -hmm. deal with this? Because... I'm, I'm currently on Kane, not Holland, just for game week one. And then I'm probably just going to straight swap them like on Sunday, (laughs) right after Man City play. If I had to guess, because that, you know, if, if there's a price change, I'm screwed. But, you know, that home Mm -hmm. Southampton game, I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, well, Spurs could just score five that game. So, you know, I want a piece of that at least. But even going beyond just game week one, you know, like you mentioned Sun, like he's such a good pick, you know, three through six. They have Wolves, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Fulham. I'm like, how do you not get Sun, (laughs) you know?
1: Um, it is, is, is kind of tough kind of going without him because I actually really like him as a, you know, as a, as an actual person as well. Like, you yeah. know, he's this kind of lovable guy. But again, with, with Haaland, you know, you're all going to have, we're all going to have Sal in our teams. I think the next kind of decision is in terms of premiums is Kane, Haaland or Son. And again, I just think with with Kane and Haaland being 0.5 cheaper, um, you know, and, and, you know, most seasons, you know, Kane kind of matches or, or beats Kane points-wise, so I think it's definitely worth, yeah. uh, you know, and I think Haaland will, you know, get a similar amount of points to Kane as well, so, if not more, so I just think 0.5 cheaper, um, again, I just think to start the season at, you know, I don't think um, I'll be going with Son. I think the Son will come into the equation at some point in the season. You know, we're all going to, I think, at some point we'll have him at teams, but not to start the season. I just think, you know, I think Spurs will do really well, though. Um, yeah. You know, with, with Courtney coming in, you know, he's just the kind of the type of manager. He always kind of it comes in. Every team he's gone into, like Chelsea and at Milan, uh, you know, he's came in and done really well. They won the league win at Milan, you know, a few seasons ago. So, yep. I can see, you know, Spurs being, you know, possibly even like, you know, I would not be surprised at all if they finished third this season ahead of Chelsea. You know, obviously, also oh, second. Or 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 so yeah, um, yeah. So although I'm kind of optimistic and and how well they'll do, um, I just think for me at the moment attacker-wise it's either Kane or, or Haaland I'm I'm on Haaland at the moment uh, Alan, but that could be all changed to Kane uh, depending on, on fitness and that um, yeah. but yeah the, ma- the main thing for me is, is the 0.5 in and saving
0: and What about Perisic? He's 31% owned right now
1: Yeah per- Perisic is a tough one uh, yeah, because he's tough, he yeah. is uh, he's, he's, he's a great option um, like he could be a great option but at the moment again he he's, he suffered an injury last season He's only played 30 minutes um, at the moment. Yeah. The Spurs have got a game against Rome on the 30th of July. So I think the minutes he gets in that game will kind of really you know, decipher whether he'll be fit for game week one or not. But he's got Sessignon there at left back. Um, and for, from, what I'm, from what I've read, Alan, there seems to be a lot of split opinion with him saying, you know, some think that he'll be like, you know, the first choice left back at Spurs yeah. and Sessignon will play like, you know, you know, very few games, you know, he will get rotated, but, you know, mostly like 90% of the game's personally play. and some think that, you know, he'll get rotated quite heavily. So I think with that uncertainty, you know, I wouldn't be starting the season with him, but he could, again, you know, if, you know, the first two or three games of the season, you know, we see that Courtney actually, you know, really, you know, is going to be using him as as his kind of number one left back uh and you know, he's gonna be playing the majority of the games and five point five million I know. great because
0: he, he could just be the best defender in the game. Like he that is very well totally. like within oh, yeah. his grasp. Yeah, it's a really tough one. I have a hard time too. I also love the player. Yeah. Like I've always Walsh and I have always owned him in like fantasy euros and world cup and stuff. And he's yeah, so, so yeah, good. Got, yeah. He's always so good. We've
1: got a soft spot for him. And but, the thing uh, is he got, eight yeah. goals, he got eight goals and seven assists last season. Right. So he, he's like a, he's a winger by trade. So he's only been playing in the, in the fullback, the left back role like in the last yeah. few seasons. So he's going to have a lot of goal threat, like going forward.
0: Yeah. And there's the one other thing that I haven't really seen many people talk about with him is that he's, like maybe the most two-footed player in the world like he's okay he can play either side it's not just a left back like he can play left wing right wing left wing back right wing back equally he can cut in from both sides he can score goals with both feet so you know that that is something that maybe like you're talking about like expected minutes on review and stuff like that's maybe like the little bit of special sauce that you need to just be like, Oh, his minutes could yeah. be up, up more towards, you know, that 60 mark or something like that. So that's in the mm-hmm. back of my mind too. But yeah, that I think this, he's one of those guys that this like last preseason game is like so important for. Right. It's like, I need him to start and be fit with the, you know, first 11 and then, and then we'll go from there before he's in my team. Yeah, but, um, sure. And then the last of the, you know, sort of top six, we we already mentioned, you know, Men United, but Arsenal, you know, I don't think we need to say much about Jesus and I'm sure you're going to be on him. I'm on him. He's a great pick. There's a reason he's, you know, 65% on. Mm, but- exactly, yeah. <laughs> Outside of Jesus, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff because, you know, there's, there's Saka at eight with a lot of competition and that eight spot. There's Martinelli at six with, you know, much less competition, but you know, he's maybe a rotation risk and stuff like that. But he also might be on penalties. Um, you know, some people are on Odegaard. And then, you know, at the back, we, I mentioned I like Ramsdale. I like Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. I like White. Um, I think there's actually a lot of good picks here, and they have a good fixture run. So, where where do you think you'll sort of settle with Arsenal?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think we will have Jesus in my team for sure. Um, you know, again, you know, he's, he's going to come in as the you know the first first choice forward. Possibly could get the penalties. Um, I'm not too sure about that yet, but you know, I just think if you're looking at his kind of stats at, at City, you know, you know, they're, they're pretty decent. He'll get a lot more minutes at Arsenal, so I think he will be the kind of, the main man at Arsenal. Um, Martinelli is the one that I'm kind of really is the interesting one because he's coming at six million, which could be yeah. you know a crazy price. Um, and apparently, you know, according to a lot of like Arsenal fans and you know, if we got the forums, he is the first choice penalty taker. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. So, so if he, if he's like the first choice penalty taker. Um, obviously that's not you know, 100% confirmed yet, but if he is, you know, 6 million, should play most games. Um, you know, even if he gets rotated, say he plays like, you know, five out every six, I still think he'd probably be worth it, um, you know, for 6 million. And, you know, his, his attacking starts are, are great when he's on the pitch. Uh, you know, he'll he'll get, you know, if he, if he gets plenty of minutes, he'll easily kind of hit double figures for goals, I think, uh, you know, and get yeah. a fair few assists as well. So, he's the interesting one for me. He's currently in my team, um, although not totally nailed yet, but it's looking good for him. He's playing plenty of pre-season minutes. Yep. Uh, you know, he's 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 getting attacking in turns as well, but you know, he seems to be like the first choice. Uh he's got obviously Mel Smith rowe there as competition, but uh I think he's injured at the moment. But obviously, you know, even when he's back injured, I think, you know, he he's definitely first choice. But he will, for sure, you know, get rotated, you know, in some yeah. games, and you know, we'll see reduced minutes j- due to you know Smithrow there. But still, think that six million, he's he's a great pick.
0: Yeah, um, he's in my team too, so I'm I'm happy yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, see, and then uh, the defenders wise,
1: again, yeah, you're you're right. Arsenal've got like you know you've got Zinchenko there; who could possibly be playing in midfield. Um, Tommy Yasu is injured at the moment I think um, you know he's not played in the pieces in minutes but I think if he's if he's fit he's possibly the best 4.5 million defender in the game I think um, I think he's nailed at you know nailed at right back I think White and um Saliba might rotate. Um, you know, the kind of murmurs are that, you know, Saliba mm-hmm. is a top top player. I've not really seen much of myself, but you know, from what I'm hearing on social media and that he's a great player and and is better than White. So I don't think White is as nailed as he was last season. So yeah, Tommy Asse looks good as well. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And I said I'm I'm Ramsdale Curious on the uh, above average pod because I'm starting to talk myself into that too. All right, man. Well that was that was instructive. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, thanks so much, obviously, for coming on. You know, we've been sort of like of me and you have been planning this sort of for like two years now or something. So I'm happy we were finally able to yeah, make it happen. Yeah, we finally got there. But um, you know, where can people find you on the internet, on Twitter, whatnot? Read your work, hear you talk. Like, where where can they find more stuff from you?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm mostly like kind of active on Twitter. You know, it's FPL underscore Sala. And I've got F- FPL Sal on, on on Instagram as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm mostly kind of on Twitter, uh, you know, talking about FPL, and that's where I kind of most of the most of the chat comes from. So yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: Perfect, man. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Thanks a lot, man. Always. See ya.